that American flag around your shoulders looks pretty good. How does that feel to represent your country like this? It feels amazing. I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent U.S.A. <laughs> love it. Well, well said. Congratulations. Okay. Enjoy that gold, and we'll see you out there on the podium, okay? Yeah. I only read about it. I never saw it. That was awesome. Yeah. I'm going to start the show every night like that. I love that clip. Yeah. She, she is over the moon. Fantastic She stuff. must be a racist. Yeah. Live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night, Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus Channel 1029. Gang's all here tonight. Paul Nolan's going to have the news. Rick Delgado's going to have... Um, well, nothing. You're not going to. What's tonight? It's Thursday. You're not going to do anything. Gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to sit back. He's going to say smart yeah. things and whatever. Right. Not get us thrown off the air, hopefully, right. like they tried last night. Uh, Rick, uh, Rick Amarati's here with sports and he? clearly a bubble machine, I guess, at some point. I'm not sure where. Um, <laughs> I had and, lunch with the BGs and John Travolta today. <laughs> <laughs> and Geo Friend holding it down, as always. So I actually thought you guys were great last night. Just Us joking. too. We thought so too. Yeah, <laughs> I did like the doctor. I know you guys were probably thinking, "Oh, look at this. He's going to love this." But uh, I actually liked the doctor McCullough. Yeah, he was great. He's actually uh, I actually know I knew of him because he was really one of the first doctors to come out back way back and and talk about therapeutics that were available. Kind of what they're doing in India right now. You know, in India right now, I read today they're giving out a they're giving out a home pack. A pack, pre-packaged package of pills with ivermectin, um, like three other things that cost each citizen about two dollars and forty-nine cents. Two dollars and change a person. Yep. Yeah. And if you look at the if you look at the chart right now in India, it looks like a water slide, and from the top going down. Meanwhile, you hear in the news that it started in the Delta variant started in India. India is the evil. India is the problem. India is problem. India. 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 Okay. Yeah. It's constantly India under assault by the media. And we told you, I told you at least a week or so, maybe two ago, that if you look at the numbers coming out of there, that doesn't tell that story. The numbers don't tell that story coming out of Indi- India. Um, the ivermectin, Dr. Pierre Corey, who we brought to you pretty early on as he testified in front of um, Ron Johnson's committee hearing, what was that, probably eight, seven, eight months ago? The effectiveness of ivermectin at this point is almost, you know, won the Nobel Prize, didn't it, in medicine, I believe? Um, ivermectin or run, won something just recently. So it ha- it's not going to be bastardized. No, it didn't win an Emmy. It won't be bastardized like um, hydroxychloroquine was. But um, the effectiveness of it in all of the studies, I've posted a couple new ones today. It's hard to argue against. It's hard to argue against. Now, they won't talk about it still because it doesn't fit the whole uh, gazillion dollars for Moderna and Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. Boy, boy they sure got a racket going, don't they? And of course, I'd, I'd still like to see um, Novavax get to emergency youth authorization because if I had to ever think about that'd be the one. Why? Well, because of the makeup of it, the protein, the way they do it, it's as close to um, 
I think it's as close to what normally you would think of if you're going to get your as vaccines we got as kids. It's as close to that type of makeup as any uh, way more than any of these other ones that were rushed to. I've I've looked at the Novavax one. As a matter of fact, you know who made me look at it was Hoskinson from Cardano. Really. He broke it down, and he said long time ago that that would be the one he would look at because of the protein and the makeup of it, the way they were approaching it. It does it's nothing but a protein. No DNA altering nope. substances. Nope. No. Um, but of course, they came out yesterday and said that it looks like the emergency youth authorization for Novavax won't be until quarter four of I, this year. I can't believe the state of this country right now. I just can't believe we live in an apartheid country. Uh, over vax, non-vax, and the full frontal assault from the media that you are the devil if you don't take this drug and put it in your body that we don't know how it reacts to you, especially when you're healthy. You know, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, the, the guilt trips, I mean, what do we say right from Jump Street? This is the perfect business model. What I say when this thing came out, the Democrats and the left-wing lunatics are in lockstep with China and Big Pharma. Crisis, reaction, solution. Create a crisis, everyone has a reaction, and they offer the solution that makes them trillions of dollars. It's what a model. And the best thing about it is you don't have to advertise it. The media does it for free, and your neighbor guilts you to death until you get it. Not only the media, but now you can, you can absolutely throw in with the media what Mitch McConnell, you can throw him in 100%, and you can throw in um, quasi-Republican governors like Larry Hogan, yeah, like right. Asa Hutchinson, um, and I could go down the line and probably think of other ones that are just as bad. M- McConnell is unbelievable. This guy today, these shots need to get into these arms quick. I mean, he's, <laughs> he might as well be wearing a white lab coat that says Moderna on the on the sleeve or Pfizer. I came across a story today, and someone reminded me it was a little older than I thought it was. How the um, the CEO of Pfizer had to cancel his trip to Jerusalem because he hadn't even taken the full two shots. <laughs> As of, I think it was like March or April. I think since then, now, I, somebody replied and said, you know, he's gotten it since then, but this was back in March or April. He, he didn't. But and as we've talked about the last two nights, it's, it's hard not to um, see this scenario where you have to start to question if, the vaccine approach we've taken here in this country is now leading to um, resistance and the virus is changing and that's why we're seeing this huge spike in cases. Well, there was the, uh, I saw it on Twitter yesterday and I retweeted it from Dr. Gina um, where 74% of the people in Massachusetts who have uh, been diagnosed, uh, they've all been vaccinated. 74%. Yeah, sixty. What sixty six percent of Israel was uh, vaccinated so far, and the what is it ninety percent of the people have been vaccinated, and now have had the Delta variant. Yeah, and speak yeah. of that, we have um, we have a clip from Israeli TV today that I actually Geo. I, I didn't even tell him to pull it. He saw it, and I saw it. You have to read the subtitles here, uh, but it's worth reading and listening because this is what's going on. Ninety three percent of the people, I believe, are vaccinated in Israel. This was uh, this aired on TV there whether it was today or yesterday, in the last couple of days. Uh, roll that, G. Shalom, Dr. Kobi Chaviv, Manikal Amerikaz Arifui Herzog. Shalom, Sivan. 
ורק נזכור, אני מבינה שמרבית החולים מחוסנים, גם החולים הקשים. חד משמעית, מטבע הדברים, אנשים מבוגרים רובם מחוסנים, רוב האוכלוסייה היא מחוסנת, ולכן כ-90 אחוזים, או 85-90 אחוזים מהמושבזים אצלנו הם חולים שתעבוד חיסון באופן מלא. כן, החיסון לצערי, כמו שמדברים, היעילות שלו מתפוגגת, יש כבר התפרצויות בבתי חולים. חולה אחד מדביק מספר רב של אנשים, זה לא פה ושם, וכמו שדיברנו מקודם, היעילות של החיסון ממש מתפוגגת. The effectiveness of the vaccine is really fading now, it's about six months in. And uh, to go along with that, Moderna today says a third dose likely necessary this fall as antibody levels wane and impact vaccines efficacy. Drug maker Moderna says a third dose of its COVID-19. I mean, you know, are you catching on to what's going on here? <laughs> this is going to be, this is going to be forever. Third dose of its COVID-19 vaccine will likely be necessary this fall. The pharmaceutical and biotech company believes a booster shot will likely be necessary because the spread of the Delta variant and vaccine efficacy could be diminished since antibody levels were expected to wane. We believe the increased force of infection resulting from Delta, non-pharmaceutical intervention fatigue and seasonal effects will lead to an increase of breakthrough infections in vaccinated individuals. Moderna said on Thursday, while we see durable phase three efficacy through six months, we expect neutralizing, um, neutralizing of the disease will continue to wane and eventual impact vaccine efficacy. The vaccine maker noted, given this intersection, we believe dose three booster will likely be necessary prior to the winter season. So, at this point, those of you who took this, they're, bas- they're almost to the point now where they're admitting it's basically a prophylactic not to, it's almost pr- being used prophylactically to not um, get serious cases and possibly die, but certainly not keeping you from getting it and not lasting. Yeah, kind of like, uh, well, I, I guess if you take ivermectin, that does the same thing, right? It sure does, with a lot less side effects from what I could tell. And HCQ, HCQ does the same thing, right? Speaking of side effects, G, put up that picture. Pick one. Myocarditis. Number of inpatient emergency department cases of myocarditis and pericarditis at 40 hospitals in the western U.S. I mean, the chart speaks for itself. So that's the number of cases. You see where we are at the end there, this up through May. You can see the Good spike. God. I wish they had an age group on that as well. Because remember, they were saying originally it was, it was happening to the young adults in their 20s. They were the most susceptible to the myocarditis, which yeah. is definitely a concern for you know, a lot of us with kids in that age group. Correct. So um, given all of this, where we're at, basically, you have governors now saying, that they're going to put uh, lockdowns possibly back in place, the, the fat governor of Maryland today. Um, you've got governors like Asa Hutchinson wishing that he could go back on his mask mandate. And all of this push for a vaccine that some of the, the drug makers themselves are saying is basically a prophylactic. But yet we're going to insist and almost 
demand and hold you down and put the needle in your arm that you get it. I mean, at this point right now, You'll be reading about Booster 30 pretty soon. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, what, what they have... 10 years. Uh, what they have a, at this a point si- right now, D, would you be willing to just say, all right, I'll tell you what, I don't want your drug, but I'll tell you what, here's my pass that you guys can know where I am 24-7 and I'm on your surveillance radar, but leave me alone with your drugs. Because that's what this, to me, at the end no, of the day is all about. No, absolutely not. Good. That's like, I saw the headline in... Um, I don't know if it was USA Today. They said something. Where, where does public good, where does liberty, something about liberty and the public good intersect, or where does one end and one begin? And I'm thinking to myself, well, no, no, never. Never. Never, because liberty is the public good. Well, and here's a perfect example of just history repeating itself. It's always been this way. It's always been about ty- tyranny versus liberty. It's always been that way. The elite, we're just the, we're the uh, air breathers and the, and, the, and the space takers on their earth. And you have people still swearing that the efficacy of this is these things are 95, 96%, but <sighs> 99.6. Every chart and every, every piece of data tells you that that's not the case right now. All right, more, a lot more about this tonight. Uh, we've also got some great stuff. Crazy Towns, is this English? A lot of sake. And really, you say the perfect video doesn't exist for Republicans going into the midterm. Oh, yes, it does. And I have it. Seventeen past the hour, live from Studio Six B on a Thursday night. Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel Two Nineteen, Pluto TV Channel Two Forty. Make sure you follow us on all our social media as we stream live exclusively live from Studio Six B dot com. Great news provided from our friends at Just the News. All of our segments, Crazy Towns, What Even Is That? Sports, all broken out. You can watch them at any time live from Studio Six B dot com. Soon to be our merch over from Six B Shirts dot com will be. Um, on the site, so you'll have a one-stop uh, location to go for all your 6B stuff. Time to do sports. Speaking of sports, there are all the segments are there. Here with that's Rick Amorati. Um, that's a very white suit you have on tonight, but I, it's, it's pretty sharp. Thank you, Big D. Very sharp. Very sharp. Thank you, sir. Thank you. They want to know if I was involved with Saturday Night Fever tonight, but uh, I got a couple of... The question is, could I pull that off? <laughs> no, the answer is absolutely not. I mean... Could you no, pull it off of him and try it on? <laughs> pull it off. Could you rip- <laughs> tie four of them together, maybe? <laughs> it, me, but. it has been suggested that I uh, take you guys on a Friday night and do a Rick, uh, slick Rick dress up, but I, no, we're not going to do that. You know, one of these days, I'm going to come in here, I'm going to try to outdress you. I'm going to put on a tie, I'm going to do the whole nine yards, I'm going to do it all. Oh, well, I, know you, I know you could pull it off, buddy. That'll be my dress down day. Uh, men's PGA back in action after the Olympics. Compete. World Golf Championships. The FedEx St. Jude Invitational. TPC Southwind. Memphis, Tennessee. Great place to play golf. Harris English shot an 8-under, 62 today. And there's a four-way tie between Jim Herman, Carlos Ortiz, Matt Wolf, and Ian Poulter. They all shot a 64-6-under. So we'll have a full report uh, tomorrow as well as Monday. And as I always say, let's see if Harris English, number one lead, can stand up Thursday through Sunday. 
Sunday. Also, just underway, Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, you heard it here. The NFL is back in action tonight at the Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, Hall of Fame game, Canton, Ohio. And uh, I think 10 of the Cowboys stayed home, including Dak Prescott. So I don't expect a lot of action this evening, but I'll have an update. <laughs> here come the early excuses already. Here Big D, go. this is a throwaway game. It's you gonna know be, it. It's going to be a long five months for you, pal. <laughs> On this show. Oh, boy. Uh, he's hurt again. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, let's go to the Major League Baseball switching topics here. Marlins 4-2 over the Mets. The Mets continue to slide. That's a final what from a earlier shock. today. Tigers 8-1 <laughs> over the Red Sox. Also a final. Angels 5-zip over the Rangers. Rockies uh, beat the uh, tr- actually beat the Cubs 6-5 today. That's final as well. Uh, Diamondbacks uh, lost to the Giants 5-4. And Phillies over the Nationals 7-6. Games in action right now. Top four. Mariners lead the Yankees 2-1 in the Bronx. Bottom four. Blue Jays over the Indians 2-zip. Top three. Cincinnati Reds all over the Pirates 7-0 in Cincinnati. Uh, White Sox and Royals just underway as is the Twins and Astros. Just one more game. First pitch in about two minutes will be the Braves at the same Louis Cardinals and uh, Kevin Durant, Drew Holiday, rally Team USA past Australia to Olympic men's basketball gold medalist game. This is uh, Brian Windhorst of ESPN. He's a senior writer. Uh, Satama, Japan, Kevin Durant and Drew Holiday, NBA champions, show the kind of skill and poise that is absolutely vital in high-level basketball. Durant and Holiday didn't just break Australia's spirit in the Olympic semifinals. They lifted the entire U.S. men's basketball team up around them in a brilliant performance that led to a 97-78 victory. It means a berth in Saturday's gold medal game as the Americans will go for their fourth in a row. They initially trailed by 15 in the first half, Big D, and then they bounced back to uh, absolutely uh, take good care of business and uh, move on, uh, and they will need to beat now France, which overcame a triple-double from Luka Doncic uh, to defeat Slovenia 90-89 to in Thursday's other semifinal. That was a thrilling game. Came down to the last minute, but France, who actually beat the United States last week, this is a chance they get even and possibly win the gold on Saturday. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that and we'll have a report on that. And that's a wrap in sports for the first segment. Big D. Okay, very good. Thanks, Rick. Before we get to news with Paul, let's do a little Is This English? We have a couple of them to get to, G, plus Crazy Town. So let's go uh, episode 13 first. Is This English? uh, Episode 13. Roll it. (laughs) A pandemic. The AH, the AA, NI, NH, and PI community, I stumble over myself here. But, uh. Oh my God. Okay. You have to do it again. Clip at the end, I his agree, smug, his smug, like, please, like, he's proud of himself face at the end. Come on. Okay. So uh, we'll take all answers uh, <laughs> in the live chat, live from studio6b.com. We'll take all answers in the live chat. One more time, G, episode 13 to this, is this English? Roll it. A pandemic, the AH, the AA, NI, NH, and PI community, I stumble over myself here, but... Uh, <laughs> Okay, Biden knees wow. strikes again. Yes. So, oh my uh, God! Yeah. All right. That's our president. There you go. That, that's the newest, uh, you know, intelligence unit out there. <laughs> Instead of the CIA, the FBI. Oh, man, no the wonder DAA, they stick to the three, the three-letter acronyms. Oh my God.
Holy cow. Yeah. Most votes Man. ever. Most votes Siesta. ever. All right, uh, time for news, 22 past the hour. Here's Paul. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get wackier, Democratic Missouri Congresswoman and squad member Cory Bush defended a decision to shell out tens of thousands of dollars for private security as she simultaneously stressed that we need to defund the police. If the GOP... She's about $70,000. She's... What's wrong with this woman? If the GOP had hired... Um, who's the guy who did Avatar or one of these big uh, if, if they had hired Jim, James Cameron to script something that could be so beneficial to them, he would not come up with anything better than this. Roll it, G. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police. Okay. <laughs> what a genius. Yeah. Oh, my. And as I tweeted... It, it it's when you stop and think that there's a state that voted for that yes. that people live in the that you think there's got to be some good people common mm-hmm. sense there's actually people in the state that voted and thought yeah she's the best choice or, she's the best choice I, this is what i just I, how Missouri, I right? I yes. Yeah, I can't says, wrap my head around it. Really she can't. says the St. Louis Police Department is the greatest killing force in the country or something yeah. like that, didn't she say? I mean, that, that's, just, that's just walking around stupid. Just, just that, walk around stupid. That's, that's Hank Johnson level stupid. You know, the guy who the thought that Guam was going to tip over? Uh, no, sir. We don't believe islands can <laughs> tip over. It was one of the greatest answers. I mean, that, that is just, that is like serving up one of the greatest pieces to the Republican Party, as pathetic as they are recently, though, going into, I mean, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm spending $200,000 on private security because and I'm so important that I yeah. need to be around to make sure to do the work well, of the people. But defunding up. the police has to happen is the next sentence. Yeah. Mm. And not only that, she's gonna, whether it's 200000 or ten. Dollars more, however. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's really great at math, it seems. Yeah. Uh, so you got that going for you, too, wherever she's from. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it, Missouri. It's, it's an amazing level of stupidity. Let me oh. see that one more time, G. Well, let me see this clip one more time. You're going to see this clip a lot, <laughs> but let me see it one more time. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know <laughs> I have had attempts on my life, and I have too much work by the to way, do. There are too many By people. the way, I, she says later on, I believe, in this interview, that the attempts on her life she's talking about are from police officers. <laughs> so she's Why? saying the police officers are the ones that are right. threatening her life. Go ahead. People that need help right now uh-huh. for me to, to allow that. So if oh. I end up spending 200000 so if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police. <laughs> suck <laughs> yeah. it up, buttercup. Okay. Yeah. I mean... We should start a GoFundMe for Republicans. There you go. Are you awake? All right, more news. Crazy Towns. We'll get to the press briefing room. Lots of good stuff tonight. Levin on Hannity last night. Doesn't get much better than that. All coming up.
I think it's going to be a very skeptical American public about taking the vaccine, and they should be. We can't trust the president uh, and take his word and take a vaccine that might cause harm to us. If and when the vaccine comes, and it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? We will need to have access to the vaccine results so we can make our independent assessment to make sure that Donald Trump's uh, fingerprints are not on it. You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. Is the vaccine safe? Uh, Frankly, I'm not going to trust the federal government's opinion. And I wouldn't recommend to New Yorkers based on the federal government's opinion. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. Would you trust that vaccine? There's very little that we can trust that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. We cannot take for granted this process will be free of political influence. I don't trust the president, and I don't trust the FDA. If Donald Trump can't give answers and the administration can't give answers to these three questions, the American people should not have confidence. You're going to say to the American people now, here's a vaccine, it was new, it was done quickly, but trust this federal administration and their health administration that it's safe? I will say that I would not trust Donald Trump. How confident are you in the approval process of the FDA right now? How confident am I? Uh, I'm not that confident. Yes, I would be hesitant, but I'm going to ask a lot of questions. You're going to need someone other than this FDA and this CDC saying it's safe. You got to make all of it available to other experts across the nation so they can look and see. So there's consensus this is a safe vaccine. Uh, what I'm worried about is that there's some sort of October surprise and that there is a pressure put on the decision makers here to announce the vaccine in October of 2020. We're going to put together our own group of doctors and medical experts to review the vaccine and the efficacy and the protocol. And if they say it's safe, then I'll go to the people of New York and I will say it's safe. But if Donald Trump tells us that we should take it, I'm not taking it. Whoa, wow. Well, well, well. Jeez, I just wonder where all this uh, vaccine hesitancy started. And oh my God, politicization of vaccines and all. Governor Death Santis, we keep hearing about. That's funny. I that's you know, I posted this on uh, social media today and said someone point out where DeSantis is, or as that doofus Sunny uh, whatever the hell her name is on the View calls him Death Santis. Oh, so where, clever. Where? Yeah, so clever she is. Where, uh, where is he in this video? Oh, I don't see him actually. Do you have that as a standalone clip on Twitter? Yes. Good. People are asking for it. At LFS6B on Twitter, you can find that. And if you know how to download Twitter uh, videos, if you want, download it and share it or just share it from there. But, um, oh, geez, I, I can't believe it. As I was politicizing, get out of the way, DeSantis. I'm Joe Biden and I've done nothing here. But screw this whole thing up. The border, the vaccine, I can't get control. What happened? By the way, what happened to this idiot in the... Um, when we were in the uh, the debates and says, I'm, I'm going to I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to kill the virus or whatever the hell he kept telling us. <laughs> I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm not going to. Yeah, gonna I'm not going to shut, shut down, down the country. The virus. Shut down the virus. 
I'm going to pee my pants once a day. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. This guy, I mean, this guy's lost total control. But point being, what they're doing now is um, honestly quite amazing in that this idiot is going to now elevate who is the face of uh, anti-governmental tyranny, anti-government lockdowns, mass mandates, and anything else. The face of liberty and freedom right now in this fight is Governor DeSantis, and Joe Biden, in his all his wisdom, has decided he's going to take him on and single him out and elevate him in this, in this discussion, which if I'm Governor DeSantis, I'm just licking my chops saying, thank you very much. Bring it on, because this is a total wipeout. Again, the face of, um, the face of anti-government tyranny, liberty, against a senile old dementia patient who pees his pants once a day, like I said. <laughs> I'll take that fight any day of the week. And here is Biden today, uh, cut 14, in another brilliant move by him or his handlers, Obama and Susan Rice and whoever. Uh, roll that, G. Why using your words about don't be in the way and he's saying I am in the way to block too much interference from the federal government. Your response, Mr. President? Governor who? DeSantis. (laughs) (laughs) Governor who? Now people look at that and some say he actually forgot who the governor was. I say no, he's trying to be cute. But using governor who is not a good look for Joe because most people think that he's kind of losing it. So so most people looked at that and thought he forgot who the current acting governor of Florida is. I'm not so sure that's the case. I'll give him some credit that I think he was trying to be cute. But uh, his continuation of making DeSantis, uh, raising DeSantis up here and going to put him on this one-on-one fight for this. If I'm DeSantis, I'm (laughs) bring it on, old man. Because I'll fight this fight all day long against you. And uh, his office, by the way, responded to that Governor Who remark. And his press secretary came out and said, I guess um, he may have realized that DeSantis isn't someone that he wants to pick a fight with. And good for them for pouncing on that, as they should anything else they get the, the ability to do. Because if Biden thinks that he's going to win um, some kind of a sparring back and forth with Governor DeSantis, who's the face of opposition to governmental everything right now. If that's their strategy, I say good luck with that. But uh, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a um, winning move on their part. I think it's a total wipeout, no brainer on DeSantis's part. Even with Dominion machines involved. Well, I'm just talking about in the court of public opinion. Yeah. No vote, no oh. voting. I'm just talking about Biden, DeSantis, and, and well, forget if we ever got to that matchup, which most people don't think. I don't think they no. think it would probably be Harris. Boy, jeez, I mean, DeSantis, come on. Which it's is just funny. A, that that's, would be a wipe one, out. That's well, worse than oh, talk about a one yeah. percenter, huh? Yeah, that's worse. So one percent of the uh, Democrat, you know, but she's going to be president. It's just crazy. A couple other housekeeping things before I get to Crazy Town. Did you guys on Doug Smith still hasn't is he available at all this week? Rick? Uh Doug Smith Tomorrow? is gonna try to make it on Friday, tomorrow night. Tomorrow, okay. okay. Today's his birthday, Big D. Oh, happy birthday to happy Doug birthday. Smith. Yeah, he's probably thirty. Yeah, he looks I was gonna say he looks about yeah. mid twenties. So I hate uh, face. Yeah, these yeah. sneakers are thirty I'm wearing. Yeah, I spoke um, to his aide early. He's gonna try to make it on tomorrow night, possibly. Okay. State assembly today. 
which um, Doug Smith would be a part of, put Governor Andrew Cuomo on notice. This is from the New York Post today. Now, is this for murdering all the grandparents or is this for his groping and creeping? Well, I mean, let's not get lost in the details here, Paul. It can be for both, right? I mean, it could be for murdering the old people. Or it could be for groping the young people. It's one of the two. Oh, my God. Killing grannies and grabbing <laughs> fannies. Yes. Uh, that's good. There's a T-shirt. Please stand by. New T-shirt. Yes. Uh, State Assembly put Governor Andrew Cuomo on notice uh, today that it's preparing to draft articles of impeachment as it nears completion of its probe of the uh, interesting uh, choice of words there of the embattled three-term Democrat chief executive, the release put out by assembly judiciary committee chairman, Charles Levine of Glen Cove, New York, the chief impeachment prober comes two days after a withering report by state attorney general, Letitia James found that Cuomo used his office to sexually harass female underlings half his age and broke state and federal laws. Levine put out a letter sent to Cuomo's counsel by lawyers of the assembly hired to conduct the impeachment investigation, announcing it is nearing completion and that they will soon consider, well, see, now soon consider drafting articles of impeachment. So um, the walls continue to close in on the creepy governor, Act Blue, who is in charge of taking all political donations, which is really a candidate's lifeline to fundraising finally came out today and caved to the pressure to cut ties with the governor and they did which makes um makes a political future right now hard to see hard to see uh cuomo's also facing probes by the fbi and the brooklyn u.s attorney's office uh that's sparked by this melissa de rosa Meanwhile, the Attorney General has an ongoing probe into Cuomo's COVID book deal as well. So the governor has his, um, well, as he seems to always have, his hands full. This time, though, of problems and not of um, co-workers' um, body parts. So <laughs> no, just give, And even, just and give even his time. Emmy's body parts. You hear that quote that he's, he was heard <laughs> admiring his Emmy, talking about how buxom his Emmy was? <laughs> So, somebody re- somebody no. reported that. It's funny stuff. That's bad. That, that's a true story. He actually was making jokes, uh, Cuomo, but he's just a creeper and he's nailed. Did you <laughs> so see? Did creepy. you hear the? Uh, I don't. I, I actually don't know if it's real. It seemed like it was real. The voice recording that was released of him singing uh, to the girl who answered the phone, the the one who he apologized to and then didn't accept it what, the, the other day. The, the oh, no, we got to find that. Well, there was some. I, there was something he was singing. She answered the phone, and he was singing "Do You Love Me" or something. Oh. Do you love me? He was oh. singing to something oh, on her my phone. Goodness. Let's think about all Yeesh. these people in positions Yeesh. of power who have a mouthpiece in mainstream media, like his brother Mika Brzezinski, whose father was a big-time globalist and a head of the CFR and the Trilateral Commission. Just everywhere you turn, it's just somebody's covering for somebody. I saw, speaking of his brother today, that CNN, <laughs> this, is, this is CNN, CNN fired, terminated three, supposedly three employees who work at CNN were terminated today because Jeff Zucker discovered that they were coming to work unvaccinated and they got terminated. And <laughs> so I posted on Twitter that three, three um, employees got terminated from CNN for... Choice one. Um, Telling the truth. Well, no. <laughs> uh, you know, 
whacking your whistle on a Zoom call would be choice one. <laughs> choice two would be uh, helping your brother cover up the murder of elderly oh people and uh, running cover for him. Telling the truth, emails Tell- of, of how to respond to the media. Number two. And number three was um, uh, coming to work unvaccinated. Number three was the winner. And to think about not number one and number two, don't get you fired. Telling the truth gets you canned, though, too. Think about how sick this world is. You know, did you guys see there was a quick story before we have to go to break? Did you guys see that there was a story in Rolling Stone today? A big puff piece about Bill Gates and his relationship with with uh, Epstein. It, this is so funny. It was written by a woman named Vicki Ward, whose husband, um, his name was uh, Cohen, uh, Richard Cohen. And Richard Cohen was business partner with Leslie Wexler. Leslie Wexler is the guy who financed Epstein's first prostitution ring and gave him hundreds of millions of dollars. So the woman who wrote the puff piece, or well, this expose, if you will, or complete prom- like, let Gates off the hook, was a, like basically a business associate. It, this is the world we live in. Everything's an infomercial. It never ends. It's just too funny. It's still too funny. All right, Crazy Town Sports News. When we get back live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice on a Thursday night. from Studio 6 <laughs> on a Thursday night. Paul Nolan's here. And uh, Rick Delgado's here Not as well. Long. <laughs> Rick Amorati uh, is going to do some sports right now coming up. Uh, what's going on, Mr. Amorati? Okay, big day. Well, United States beat Korea to reach baseball gold medal game earlier today. Eddie Alvarez clinches winter summer medal double. Uh, this is from Yokohama, Japan. Eddie Alvarez set in the U.S. dugout after the final out, buried his face in his hands and wept even though his biggest game remains ahead. A 7-2 victory over defending champion South Korea on Thursday night set up a gold medal matchup against Japan and assured the 31-year-old speed skater turned second baseman of becoming only the third American to earn medals at both the Winter and Summer Olympics. It's quite an achievement. After earning a silver in 2014 at Sochi as part of the U.S. four-man short track team, Alvarez will get at least a silver in baseball. The other Americans with summer and winter medals are Eddie Egan, boxing in 1920 and bobsled in 32, and Lauren Williams, track and field in 2004 and 2012. She was in the bobsled in 2014. Alvarez is batting 350 with three ribbies in this in this game. His skating team finished 0.271 seconds behind Russia in the 5,000 meter relay at Sochi. The gold medal game between USA and Japan is set for Saturday, August 7th at 6 a.m. So set your DVR, Big D. And uh, this was kind of big news all over dominating the sports pages. Lionel Messi to leave Barcelona. Um, the, the Spanish giants weren't able to make the uh, contract work. He was with them for 20 years with that same club. Lionel Messi is to part ways with Barcelona. The Spanish giants have confirmed both player and club have agreed to a five-year contract extension. But La Liga's 
salary cap rules mean that the agreement cannot be met, despite FC Barcelona and Lionel Messi having reached an agreement and the clear intention of both parties to sign a new contract today. This cannot happen because of financial and structural obstacles. So I guess they have their own salary caps there uh, in in soccer, in the world soccer. So uh, that's quite a quite a breakup. He's been there a long time. One of the greatest uh, soccer players in history. Of course. Now you're 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 saying it's the um, the league has things because I saw the team. I thought the team came out and basically said we're having financial issues. And even though he agreed to take half of his last contract, which by the way was five hundred and something million. Oh wow. <laughs> Even though he agreed to take less than half of that for his new contract, the team couldn't even do that. Now, you're saying the league. Yeah, yeah this says Spanish league regulations. That's what it said. So um, I'm assuming that there's some kind of a cap involved, similar to NFL and you know uh, NHL cap rules. Um, so um, interesting. Um, and uh, just one more thing. I want to shout out one of our great followers from Washington, Levi Johnson. It's also his birthday. You know, Big D, Levi, he loves you. He's a big follower of LSXB. So I uh, want to shout out to uh, Levi Johnson. Happy birthday. He's a young uh, young gentleman who follows 17 the show. 17 years old. Yeah, happy birthday to him. Yeah, very he, well. and, and he does all the sports for Rick. He does. He feeds <laughs> me all the news I need. <laughs> okay, very good. And that's a wrap, Big D. All right, uh, before we get to, do you have any news, Paul? I do. Texas governor okay. says no to another lockdown, calls it the wrong course. Uh, Greg Abbott on Wednesday insisted that would, there would be no more lockdowns in the Lone Star State, calling it the wrong course amid the pandemic, saying instead of uh, instead, the vaccines and other safety measures are the right way to fight the outbreak. Abbott made the remarks during a speech at the Asian American Hotel Owners Association in the National Commonwealth of Dallas. So let's see. More people fighting back. Seems good news to me. Um, a 42-year-old man who allegedly beheaded a woman in Minnesota last week is an illegal immigrant, according to ICE. Um, the uh, agency has identified the person arrested in connection with killing as Alexis Sabrit Viltres, a Cuban citizen unlawfully in the United States. ICE also said the agency did not place a detainer on him following his arrest on second degree murder charges. So, Un- unbelievable. Just, you know, we're letting them just come on through yeah. and uh, bring your, uh, you know, bring your Democratic voting card and your COVID with you. Yeah. Meanwhile, so- I got to wear a mask. I can't go to a, a concert. But these guys could come in and behead people. Yeah. Um, Perfect. So there's a poll out, by the way, on on the Newsom recall. Now over 50% support uh, recalling the governor. New poll released this week showed that Governor California Newsom is facing an increasing number of likely voters who believe he should be out of work. The poll was from Survey USA and the San Diego Union Tribune, it showed that 51% of likely voters in the upcoming recall election would vote in support of recalling Newsom. Those who voted that they would keep Newsom in office came to only 40% of likely voters. As the San Francisco Gate reported, the previous survey USA San Diego Union Tribune poll from May found that only 36% were in favor of the recall with 47% opposed. So that's now up to, from 36% up to now over 50%. Uh, percent. Respondents were asked why they think that Newsom should be recalled. Out of the respondents, 34 cite Newsom's handling of COVID restriction. 13% say the closure of businesses. 4% the closure of schools. Another 10% point to Newsom's attendance. At the party when the state was in lockdown, 18% say Newsom's spending decisions. 12 say the mishandling of unemployment 
uh, dollars. Then let's get to the survey here. And this, this I'd like you to pay close attention to. The survey reports the following. The Democrat leader is Kevin Pathrath. Meet Kevin to some, a real estate broker. <laughs> he is now at 27% of the replacement vote today. Pathrath draws particular support from younger voters, Latinos, Democrats, and liberals, and leads 12 to 1 among those who are opposed to recalling Newsom. Meet Kevin leads 2 to 1 in greater Los Angeles and by 35 points in the urban parts of the state. Republican Larry Elder, a talk show host, attorney, and documentary filmmaker, takes 23% in uh, second place. Elder runs strongly among older voters, among Republicans, obviously, and conservatives, and leads among independents, 27 to 19. Elder leads 2 to 1 in the Inland Empire and by 30 points in rural California. So, Who did that poll, by the way? This is uh, the San Diego Tribune. All right. And Survey USA, it's a joint poll together. So, um, Big D, in good shape. Big D, in good shape. No so comments pulling, from the. No so you're comments. pulling for the Democrat, is what you're saying. All right. I'm jump not on, calling jump for on, the. De- jump I'm, on the train. He's not. First of all, I, I would not put him <laughs> in the class of a Democrat. I just wouldn't. What? I wouldn't say he's conservative. But again, Larry Elder would be choice A, as I've said, clearly. Larry Elder, I don't know if can win. Given that choice, I think he would be a good, he'd be the next best choice. All right. That's just me. Now, you don't have to be jealous because I've called for him and supported him now. And he'll keep all uh, all his campaign promises, I'm sure. Of course he will until he's you know bought out and right. take it over well i'm sure you two haters will uh, keep track of everything he said and everything he does and report back on the show that's all right <laughs> yeah, exactly okay. uh, hey there's no hate it's just it's just reality just paying attention paying attention to what we've seen in the past how do these guys get elected they tell you everything ah, it's gonna be wonderful you watch the one i get in there i'm gonna really shake things up did you guys hear this uh the like cons- mitch mcconnell you mean oh god yeah, I never supported Mitch McConnell, so okay, I don't care about it. What was that, Paul? No, I was just going to move on. This was this story was ending, and I just wanted to like kind of move on from it. You know, <laughs> just wanted to keep it moving. I mean, again, I'm, I I mean, I just I just pointing out that my two guys right now are one two. That's all I'm saying here. Well, now, now you're just like two, you, you can't to... claim two guys. That's like saying you're going to take the Suns and the Bucks. Oh, oh, I oh. heard that before. Well, well, well. Who took the Bucks in seven? I don't hear you reporting on that. I don't see you, you making geo two. run clips of that. Well, <laughs> would you like to respond, sir? <laughs> the Wuhan heroes. <laughs> no, he swapped. He was the heroes. <laughs> Did anyone on the show call for me, Kevin, before me? Did you even know no. who he was? No. Okay. And Thank I still don't much. know. Okay. <laughs> That's how well he's doing. And all I'm pointing out, he's he's right now in the lead, at least according to this poll. That doesn't. I don't know that it means anything. Was that the kid who walked up to Maxine Waters' beautiful house? No. And Larry Elder is in second place. So, as I said, Big D in good position right now. It's like Fauci's going to win the game either way. Bucks in seven. Where's that? Lock it down. By two guys. I got two guys. Yeah, right. I got the Democrat and the Republican.
All right, live from Studio 6B, Hour 2. Glad you're in. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1029. And, of course, all your OTT apps, Real America's Voice app on um, Apple TV, Amazon Fire Stick, Roku, all of them. Uh, Glad you're in. Of course, follow us on social media as well. Facebook.com slash LFS6B at LFS6B on Twitter, where I post most clips and articles that we go over are mainly on our Twitter. But we're also on Rumble, Parlor, YouTube, Getter at LFS6B as well. I want to remind you about my our friend Mike Lindell. If you um, want to shop the great stuff at MyPillow, support Mike Lindell. Of course, you can use our code LFS6B for up to 66% off of your order. I don't understand that business model, but they make it work. 66% off using our code LFS6B. And Rick swears by those uh, Giza sheets, man. Beautiful. He just loves those sheets. I do. Yeah. Uh, so you can visit them, support Mike Lindell. His symposium's coming up, by the way, which maybe we'll get some great stuff out of. And, well, maybe we won't, but we'll be there. Real Someone just voice. posted in the chat, uh, apparently on MyPillow.com, you can buy a cardboard cutout life-size Mike Lindell. <laughs> okay. There was. I mean, there you go. No better reason to go there than There's that. There's a link, so. too. Well, you know what? We need that for Slick Rick. What does that cost? Yeah. Uh, all right, let's. We got a lot to get to here. Crazy Town G. Biden's new executive order is electrifying. Roll it. Well, together they look like a ten, a one, yeah. a zero. <laughs> <laughs> My dad is in the automobile business. He sold Fords for a while, but mostly General Motors projects, uh, uh, products. But you see that sucker over there? Zero to 60 in 4.1 seconds. It's all electric. I tell you what. Slow. And I want to say publicly, I have a commitment from Mary. When they make the first electric Corvette, I get to drive it. (laughs) Right, Mary? (laughs) <laughs> think I'm kidding. I'm be lucky kidding. if you're here. And my entire Secret <laughs> Service detail went, oh, my God. And we had almost 100,000 auto workers in our states, counting the Autolite and others, was uh, had something to do with it. But uh, I, uh, I just want to be very straightforward. Uh, you know, uh, Good luck. UAW brung me to the dance, as they say. You know, back in May, I toured the four plant, as I mentioned, a state-of-the-art facility in Dearborn. And when the UAW workers like Bernie are b- building the first ever all-electric Ford 150. The best part is I got to drive it. It's incredible. It's just like the other vehicles that are behind me today. The future of the automobile industry that is electric. Battery electric, plug-in hybrid electric, fuel cell electric. It's electric. And here's the deal. Not the China battery. It's not China's battery technology that's much more innovative than anyone else's. Remember, just have to move. We have to move fast. You know, when Barack and I were in office, President Obama and I were in office, that's what we were doing. We have a playbook and it's going to work. This is a big deal in the clean car technology, Mm -hmm. trucks, not just cars, but trucks as well and buses. We're going to boost our manufacturing capacity. The Build Back Better plan Invest in new rooted facilities, uh, excuse me, new and retool facilities. (laughs) Our own Department of Energy pioneered and transformed the battery industry where Barack and I, when we went off, when we were in office. That means spurring demand by converting the federal government's enormous fleet of vehicles 
They have over 600,000 vehicles. They have a lot of vehicles, 60,000 of them. Yes, yeah. whatever. We are proposing a blue-collar blueprint to rebuild America. <laughs> what? A blue pimp? You know, in what? the spring, uh, I kept my commitment to convene leaders of all the major economies oh, in the God. world. And it was not in person, but we... Did it, we did it on a Zoom call with a whole bunch of folks. <laughs> Jeffrey and I made clear, I made clear what I've long believed and I think of when I think of the climate crisis. <laughs> when I hear climate, I think jobs. It's yeah. so great. <laughs> if anyone was doubting why they canceled that pipeline so we'd have $5 gallons of gas, that $2 gallon of gas doesn't fit their green agenda. Because everyone... Yeah. All these companies had so much infrastructure built in electric vehicles. There was no stopping this. The scammers. They're all, they're all in cahoots. When the I think scammers. of climate, I think of jobs. Yeah. <laughs> climate is the biggest uh, anti-job um, farce going on. It's anti-jobs. It's anti-growth. It's anti-everything. I mean, it's, it's, it's a joke. But uh, that's another story. So, well, that's a good one, G. A bunch of other stuff I want to get to here. Remember I played for you in the opening of the show, Tamara Mensah Stock, wrestler, Olympic gold wrestler who actually loves the uh, country, which is nice to see. Yeah, her. She's fantastic. So this is another clip that came out of the Olympics. Now, this this transgender weightlifter. Um... I can't think of the I can't think of the name, but it's not I don't have it in front of me. But they were you had the women weightlifters were in a um Olympic weightlifters were in front of the media. Laurel Hubbard? Yes, Laurel Hubbard. They were three weightlifters were in front of the media and they were asked um about this. So and just in case you know, because we, we spend a lot of time on Megan Rapinoe's, and, and, and somebody pointed out, you know, there, are, there were some girls on the soccer team that did stand, and we're kind of throwing all, we're kind yeah. of painting with a broad brush, and that's, that's probably, it is true, because uh, there are a lot, and, and, and sometimes we think that maybe this stuff doesn't affect these other athletes, and that they're not thinking like we are, like, what the hell's going on? What, 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 what are we doing here? Well, that's not always the case, and this uh, cut 13, G, roll that. It's Kevin Farley from the International Weightlifting Federation. This is for Emily. Uh, you went to the United States earlier this year and you trained side by side with Sarah in Utah. What was that experience like uh, then and now when you are competing on the same Olympic stage? Um, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, I was really honored to be invited out to the States to train with the guys and especially Sarah, you know, we, we get on really well. Um, we're very like-minded people um, and it was just really, you know, inspiring to push each other and um, to get each other ready for these Olympics. And, you know, I'm absolutely thrilled that I managed to share a podium with her because she's, uh, she's a real sweetheart. It was a historic night here uh, with Laurel Hubbard competing as the first openly transgender in a uh, in a uh, individual event. And I was wondering, you know, what you felt about that, and what you felt that, that it took place in in your sport. Well, she really worked her bull. No, thank off. you. Nice. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I would love to have said she worked her beans off to yeah. get where she is. <laughs> wow. That doesn't that, that really says a lot, huh? Ten seconds of silence after the question. And no thank you. And then a no thank you. So there you go. Um It's so outrageous. Can we all I mean it's the Emperor's wearing no clothes. Are we can we 
Can we can can everybody just agree on this, please? Yeah, it's already settled science, right? <laughs> you know, if the body d- decays and you dig it up in a hundred years, what are you going to say? Is that male or female? That's it. Those are your two choices. Yeah. They don't care about your emotions and what you feel. Oh, I think I'll feel like this today. Nobody cares about that. That doesn't mean anything. So what? I feel like a banana. There you go. I'm a banana. Can I, can I identify as a banana? I always think well, of I'll tell the, you uh, what, all this nonsense makes you feel like a vegetable. I think of the, um, I always think of the clip of um, the, per- the girl who um, tried to corner Shapiro in one of his speeches about it. And he said, um, well, how oh. old are you? And she says, um, 25. He says, well, why aren't you 35? And she goes, right, because you can't make yourself 35. <laughs> Did you see right. the it's one? It's not malleable. Right. It's not. You see the one where the transgender woman was going, well, I'm going to kick your butt, you know, and he cursing and went after him physically. And he goes, well, that's not very ladylike. Is he about to get his butt kicked? <laughs> He says, that's, 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 that's mildly over the top for a political conversation. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the first, first times that, that in public that that was, that was ever talked about. It was one of the first things. He was very young then. Yeah. That was a great bit, though. But he has had some great interactions on this topic about it. Um, our friend Michael Knowles, by the way, is going to come on the show again very soon. Speaking of the friend, our friends at the Daily Wire. Um, all right. So a couple other things here. Uh, let's get to Levin. Do I have time oh, for Levin? Because this was as yeah, good. This, was awesome. this, was, this is just as good as it gets. I don't even need to set it up. Um, roll it, G. Joe Biden is the most disastrous president in modern American history. I don't care if it's by design or by the fact that he's dim-witted. It doesn't much matter to me. <laughs> uh, it would be like a president when we have uh, a polio vaccine telling everybody to get vaccinated, but inviting people into the country who he knows has polio. No president has ever done this to his own people. This guy is a coward. He buckles to the radical left in his party. He's a fool. The idea that people who are vaccinated are the ones who are going to be punished. It's like the gun owners who are law abiding are the ones who are going to be punished. It's like the successful people in this country. They're the ones they intend to punish with the tax code. Is there anything going right in this country? Gasoline prices going up, food prices going up, anything going right on this country, the border wide open. You're going to have people flooding into our school districts, flooding into our hospitals. Law enforcement is overwhelmed. Towns are overwhelmed. And let me tell you why he's doing it. Let's be blunt. He wants to turn Texas blue. He wants to turn Arizona blue. This street politician from Wilmington, Delaware, the dumbest man to ever serve in the Senate, the dumbest man to ever be vice president, is now the dumbest man to ever be president. He's got a massive ego. He's a narcissist. He wants to go down in history as the greatest president. He's going to go down in history as the greatest disaster. He's doing more to weaken this country than the communist Chinese could ever pray to do. He could ever pray to do. And moreover, he's justified a federal statute, a Supreme Court decision. He knows that the CDC doesn't have the power to extend these, uh, these moratoriums on rent. He says, we're going to do it anyway, because he listens to this Harvard emeritus professor, Lawrence Tribe. He's just violated the federal constitution. Now, let me say this. I brought this up on my radio show last week. Uh, Republicans, have you ever heard of the word impeachment? Are you guys going to go down to the border and whine yourselves to death? I know you're not in the majority, but you need to start explaining to the American people. This man just violated a 
Supreme Court decision. This man is the border wide open in violation of our immigration laws. I mean, you impeach Donald Trump when he's out of office because of a letter. You set up a phony incitement insurrection. This man is doing enormous damage to this country. People with the virus. He knows they have the virus. His government knows they have the virus. They're pushing them into the interior of the country. Now, what kind of a president does that to his own people? If he's not at least going to look out for the health and safety of the American people, then he needs to be removed. I know who's behind him, but the point is that's what impeachment is for. Not for the Democrats to chase every Republican president, but to get rid of this guy. He is a disaster. And again, I don't care if he's dim-witted or just stupid. It doesn't much matter. To allow people into this first of all, to tell law-abiding Americans you're going to wear a mask even though you've been vaccinated. Little kids who do not give the virus or get the virus, you're going to be wearing masks because the NEA and the AFT told me to do so. Isn't it time to remove this, well, isn't it time to remove this guy from the Oval Office or at least make an effort? So you tough guy Republicans who come on here, you tough guy Republicans on radio, how about it? The I word, impeachment, let's start to talk about it. Or the 25th Amendment, it'll never happen, but let's start to talk about it. He's doing more damage to this country, as far as I'm concerned, than any single one of our enemies. That's it. Nothing else to say. Said perfectly. All right, 17 past the hour, time for sports. And here with that is Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Okay, Big D. Well, here's something that saddens me. I remember this as a young baseball fan. Houston Astros icon J.R. Richard, whose career was cut short by stroke in 1980, died earlier today at the age of 71, ESPN. J.R. Richard, a two-time National League strikeout champion with the Houston Astros, whose career was cut short in 1980 by stroke, died earlier today at 71, the team announced. In 10 seasons with the Astros, Richard was 107 and 71 with a 315 ERA and 1,493 knockouts, including including night strikeouts, including 313 in 1979, which stood as the team's single season record until Garrett Cole surpassed it in 2019. The six foot eight pitcher who started the 1980 All Star game for the National League was known for his 100 mile an hour fastball as much for his devastating breaking pitch. A lot of our fans down in Texas will certainly remember the great J.R. Richard, big, tall, dominating force on the uh, on the mound. So he, uh, he his strike third and strikeouts only behind Nolan Ryan and Roy Oswald, and fifth in wins and shutouts for the Houston Astros, which was a great organization back in the 80s. Um, Yahoo Sports, uh, Magic Man David Taylor secures USA Wrestling Gold over our, Iran's uh, Hassan Yazandi uh, with a dramatic late-round uh, rally. Just uh, is from Jason Owens. Before Thursday, David Taylor's resume had it all with one glaring goal hole. The former Penn State Nittany Lion, nicknamed Magic Man, due to his penchant for pulling out comeback victories, was a four-time Big Ten champion, two-time NCAA champion, three-time U.S. Open champion, and three-time Pan American. After a late rally against Iran Hassan Yazandi, uh, Thursday, 86-kilogram freestyle final. He can call himself Olympic champion. He won the gold, all thanks perhaps the biggest magic trick of his career. Taylor overcame an early 2-0 deficit and a 3-2 hole in the match's final 20 seconds to secure the 4-3 victory and spot atop the medal podium. So another American wrestler winning the gold. Good to see our Americans doing <laughs> well in the Olympics. And it kind of seems like uh, Sergeant Slaughter be beating the Iron Sheik. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Retro, Rick. Uh, and LSU quarterback Miles Brennan uh, suffered arm injury in freak fishing accident. This is from Steve Del Vecchio of Larry Brown Sports. LSU announced on Monday that quarterback Miles Brennan will be out indefinitely after he underwent arm surgery. And we now have more information about what led to the serious injury. Brennan's father, Owen Brennan, spoke about his son's unfortunate arm injury during an appearance on WWL's Sports Talk this week. The elder Brennan revealed that Miles suffered a broken arm when he fell while fishing. Owen said Miles had his fishing gear in his hand when his sandler got caught on the dock, which caused the quarterback to fall. Miles was unable to brace himself. He actually ended up going under surgery. This is LSU's starting quarterback who was battling along with Max Johnson, who now has the inside track for the starting job. So we know LSU is big football down there for the Tigers. Rick doesn't have his LSU shirt on tonight, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're starting quarterback when they want major surgery, and uh, they're not sure when he's going to be out. He had a metal plate and screws put into his arm. So we'll see how that affects them. And um, that's a wrap. Big D. All right, very good, Rick. Thanks. We'll do some news here with Paul in one second. But we have another Is This English to get to. Uh, this one's called uh, You'd Jump In. Joe Biden was talking to – I'm going to say um, no before we say it. This is uh, – <laughs> Joe Biden was talking to uh, – in the Rose Garden, I believe, to – uh, officers and their families from January 6th and the fake insurrection that they keep talking about. And then at some point, he said this. I got to know you. You're the same ones after a ball game in a visiting field. Come walking out of the gym if you want and you may get jumped by the other team or their, their supporters. You may be all by yourself, the only one standing there when you watch six people jump one of our teammates. What the hell would you do? You'd jump in. Okay. okay. Well, well, it was English. The words were English. Some right. possible sentences yeah. in there. Some possible sentences in there. It, uh, there was not a coherent thought in there. Oof. There was no, there was, there was no, there was, there was no point. Definitely a little brain melting going on at some point throughout that, whatever he was trying to get to. But yeah. uh, no, yeah. no clarity, lots of synapses <clears throat> misfiring or not firing at all. Yeah. So he couldn't connect thoughts to words. It was interesting. A yeah. couple, um, couple other things I want to get to. I, I keep pointing these out to you because people keep writing me saying, point me to that, point me to that. So I know a lot of people are looking for these, these studies. There's another study that just came out. Uh, from the team at the Rockefeller University in New York that finds uh, individuals that have previously contracted COVID-19 show a more potent antibody response than those who were solely vaccinated for the respiratory virus. This, again, was conducted by a research team at the Rockefeller University in New York. The analysis found that, quote, that between a first prime and second booster shot of either Pfizer or Moderna, the memory B cells of infection, um, infection-naive individuals produced antibodies that evolved increased neutralizing activity against SARS-CoV-2, but also that no additional increase in the potency or breadth of this activity was observed thereafter. Meanwhile, researchers determined that not only do recovered COVID-19 patients possess neutralizing antibodies for up to a year after infection, but that such infection simultaneously assists in offering protection against, against any developing variant. Quote, severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 
infection produces B cell responses that continue to evolve for at least one year, the study read. During that time, memory B cells express increasingly broad and potent antibodies that are resistant to mutations found in variants of concern. The analysis later goes on to conclude memory antibodies selected over time by natural infection have greater potency and breadth than antibodies elicited by vaccination. Moreover, the results suggest that boosting vaccinated individuals with currently available mRNA vaccines would produce a quantitative increase in plasma neutralizing activity, but not the quantitative advantage against variants obtained by vaccinating convalescent individuals. The study's findings add to further mounting evidence detailing the level of protection natural immunity offers previously infected COVID-19 patients. Last month, Emory University published an extensive investigation describing the efficacy of long-term immunity against the respiratory virus. Similar discoveries have also been identified recently by the Cleveland Clinic, which I told you about last week and posted on our social media, and Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. So here's just another one. And once again, it just the um, it just never talked about. Well, yeah, because uh, let's face it, when you've got a what is it a sixty percent boost in profit for the second quarter, uh, nothing else matters there, Damon. Nothing else matters. That coming from Pfizer. Yeah, in the second quarter, sixty percent right. boost Good in their for profits. Them. Good for Pfizer. I hope you guys are all invested in them. All right, let's do some more news here with Paul. So I, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys remember the conspiracy theory theory over aborted babies for organs harvesting that that uh, got Alex Jones actually kicked off of YouTube in 2019. Well, it apparently is true and government funded, according to a bombshell report from Judicial Watch on Tuesday. The Department of Health and Human Services has paid at least 2.7 million into the University of Pittsburgh's initiative that allegedly employs a tissue bank with organs from aborted fetuses. So, um, you know, we've talked, we've seen some of the things from Planned Parenthood and, you know, the undercover uh, work from Project Veritas. So, again, the sick, twisted things that go on um, that uh, that's just a horrible story. It just grosses me out beyond belief, but I figured since someone else will talk about it. He got confronted on that on Joe Rogan, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. From that guy, and he went ballistic. And he and apparently he he was dead right. I I think it's so funny those shirts. Alex Jones was right. I mean, as crazy as he is and a big blowhard that he is, I mean, he's been right about so much stuff. But too bad he Trent his message always you know he's just always yelling too much. And I was going to do this, but we already did it. But uh, this Biden signing a bill into law Thursday that awards the congressional gold medal to law enforcement officers who responded. Uh, to the Capitol breach, you know, the people on hand for this were, you know, Pelosi, Pelosi's husband, um, Amy Klobuchar, Roy Blunt, Muriel Bowser, just all the same old creeps and the same old nonsensical story. So in their rewriting of um, or at least reinterpreting what happened out there. All right, more news, more sports, a couple more uh, crazy town. Plus, we'll get to Jen Psaki in the next segment from the briefing room today.
I think it's going to be a very skeptical American public about taking the vaccine, and they should be. We can't trust the president uh, and take his word and take a vaccine that might cause harm to us. If and when the vaccine comes, and it's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? We will need to have access to the vaccine results so we can make our independent assessment to make sure that Donald Trump's uh, fingerprints are not on it. You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. Is the vaccine safe? Uh, Frankly, I'm not going to trust the federal government's opinion. And I wouldn't recommend to New Yorkers based on the federal government's opinion. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. Would you trust that vaccine? There's very little that we can trust that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. We cannot take for granted this process will be free of political influence. I don't trust the president, and I don't trust the FDA. If Donald Trump can't give answers and the administration can't give answers to these three questions, the American people should not have confidence. You're going to say to the American people now, here's a vaccine, it was new, it was done quickly, but trust this federal administration and their health administration that it's safe? I will say that I would not trust Donald Trump. How confident are you in the approval process of the FDA right now? How confident am I? Uh, I'm not that confident. Yes, I would be hesitant, but I'm going to ask a lot of questions. You're going to need someone other than this FDA and this CDC saying it's safe. You've got to make all of it available to other experts across the nation so they can look and see. So there's consensus this is a safe vaccine. Uh, What I'm worried about is that there's some sort of October surprise and that there is a pressure put on the decision makers here to announce the vaccine in October of 2020. We're going to put together our own group of doctors and medical experts to review the vaccine and the efficacy and the protocol. And if they say it's safe, then I'll go to the people of New York and I will say it's safe. But if Donald Trump tells us I should t- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. Yeah. 32 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. All that uh, politicization of the vaccine that we're all getting screamed at about. Well, look where it started. Don't forget. Um, Victor Davis Hanson has a piece in American Greatness today, Vaccination weaponization the biden administration should look directly in the mirror before casting stones at others he says it was always going to be a herculean effort to inoculate with an untried vaccine a multi-ethnic nation of 330 million across a vast con- a vast continent in an era when the media routinely warps the daily news Some minorities understandably harbored distrust of prior government vaccination programs. Nearly 40 million foreign residents in America are from countries where corrupt governments had long ago lost the trust of the population. The anti-vaccination movement was distrustful of what the government said was safe, given the rush to produce previously untried mRNA inoculation methodologies. Rural and inner-city poor were sometimes not so easily reached, much less persuaded. 
Yet politics played the most obstructive role early on, as I've just played for you for the second time tonight. Candidate Joe Biden talked grandly of reviving the World War II War Production Board. He deliberately omitted that it was Donald Trump who emulated FDR's mobilization of private enterprise under government auspices. auspices. Trump offered legal protections for companies to accelerate their research and development in hopes that completion, profits, and public oversight would result in COVID-19 vaccinations just 10 months after the pandemic hit. And it worked. Mostly safe and effective vaccinations were rolled out shortly after the election. Some 17 million were inoculated by the time of Joe Biden's January 20th inauguration. Yet Dr. Anthony Fauci, in the days when he still posed as a bipartisan professional, had dismissed the idea of any viable vaccination in the election year of 2020. Joe Biden publicly doubted that Trump's vaccination efforts would either work or be safe. In a nationally televised debate, Vice Presidential Candidate Kamala Harris shamefully said she'd never be vaxxed with any shot associated with President Trump. All that proved disastrous messaging for an already skeptical nation, Mr. Davis writes, Mr. Hansen writes. Pfizer had promised a breakthrough vaccination announcement in late October on the eve of the election. Then it mysteriously went silent, only to suddenly announce its successful vaccination just a few days after the November 3rd voting. Joe Biden continued the politicization of the vaccination program by bizarrely and falsely declaring on CNN that there had been no vaccinations given until he entered office, yet Biden himself was first vaccinated on December 21st on live television. Soon, Biden grandly promised that all those who were vaccinated would be safe from infection from SARS-CoV-2, and thus they could resume normal lives without masks, quarantines, or social distancing. Those who refused vaccinations were almost immediately equated in the media to Trump supporters, reviving the left's clingers, deplorables, irredeemables, dregs, chumps, narratives, of uneducated white and idiotic resistance to government. The truth was that apart from Asian Americans, whites were percentage-wise the most vaccinated of the population. A leached charge that backward southern states like Alabama and Mississippi were not just lagging in their inoculation rates, but they were endangering vaccinated Americans by resuscitating and now constantly mutating virus. Again, in truth... Low vaccination rates among African-American population in the South were a chief but unspoken reason why majorities there were not inoculated. Once the so-called Delta variant arrived in force in early summer, the government's earlier assurances that the vaccinated were now free to resume a normal life lost credibility. Weakly confused and mixed messages followed, simultaneously both downplaying and exaggerating the efficacy of these vaccinations. In reality, most who were vaccinated were almost assured that they had not become seriously ill or would not become seriously ill from COVID-19, would likely not need hospitalization, and almost certainly would not die from it. No matter, the media-government fusion now blame-gamed unvaccinated super-spreaders for sometimes infecting those already vaccinated, as if the over 100 million adults still not fully vaccinated were red state rubes who packed honky-tonk bars and motorcycle rallies. Yet the reality was quite different, Mr. Hansen writes. Last summer, over 1,000 medical providers had given blanket exemptions solely to BLM protesters 
dangerously to mass in the streets for weeks on end to demonstrate. Currently, 2 million illegal aliens are scheduled to cross the southern border in the next year with legal impunity, but without vaccinations or COVID-19 tests or lectures from Washington. A recent breakout of COVID-19 among even the vaccinated in Provincetown, Massachusetts, was not due to alt-right Neanderthals. It was attributable to the annual gay pride parade celebrations where some thousands of partiers swarmed bars, clubs, restaurants, and hotels. Former President Barack Obama just recently scheduled to host 500 guests and 200 staffers at his Martha's Vineyard estate when the government was again insisting masks be worn almost every place else. Don't look to COVID-19 czar Dr. Fauci to clear things up. He's already confessed that he had lied about masks, lied about herd immunity, allegedly for the people's own good, he said. Fauci still denies he helped fund dangerous gain-of-function viral research at the Wuhan Virology Lab at ground zero of the coronavirus pandemic. Mr. Hansen concludes by saying, if the Biden administration cannot vaccinate half of America or assure vaccinated Americans that COVID-19 mutants won't seriously hurt them or rekindle the earlier pandemic, then it might want to take a long, hard look in the mirror before casting stones at anyone else. And I think that's just about right. And uh, Saki was asked about messaging today on a couple things. Number one, cut four on breakthrough cases. Roll that. Uh, on the Delta variant and breakthrough infections, there have been more and more sort of anecdotal cases of breakthrough infections. Famous people like Lindsey Graham getting breakthrough infections. Has the administration uh, thought about or reconsidered the way it talks about the um, incidents of breakthrough infections, how rare they are, uh, what, a question. what they look like? Is, is there any consideration of acknowledging in a more fulsome way that yes, these are kind of happening? We, we have said that they are they are happening. I think the most important thing, though, is that vaccines are doing exactly what they should be doing, which is protecting people, the vast majority of people uh, from severe illness, from hospitalization. And, you know, there's data that's come out in a number of the states that has been have been hardest hit even in the last couple of weeks. Almost 100 percent of the new hospitalizations in Alabama are with unvaccinated folks. In Florida, officials have said that more than 95% of those hospitalized were not vaccinated. In Ohio, 99% of Ohio COVID-19 deaths hospitalizations in 2021 were unvaccinated. So our objective is to project to people very clearly how vaccines can save your life. It doesn't mean that every person who has a vaccine will not test positive for COVID. We know there are uh, breakthrough cases around the country. As more people get vaccinated, there will be more, just as a percentage, just by numbers. Uh, we certainly acknowledge that, but I think it's also important for people to understand the benefit of vaccination, which is that it can save your life, Gee. it can prevent you from going to the hospital, and that's where we're trying to... Sounds like she's describing a prophylactic, doesn't it? Yep. Yep. How else would you describe what she's saying there? <sighs> At least she's saying something now. I mean, it's drivel, but she's saying something. In the next breath, though, they tell you that they're going to mandate, you know, we're pushing towards almost mandating them. We have the vaccinated and unvaccinated segregating out this society. Yet she, what she describes there is basically a prophylactic. 
again, I say, I don't know how you have a functioning society without the ability for individuals to uh, decide for themselves what modicum of risk they want to take in living their daily life without the government trying to step in and tell you what it should be. Because she sounds like she's describing a prophylactic. Not something, she didn't talk about what, what, how it limits you to um, being an asymptomatic spreader or anything. She said it's basically, well, you, it's because it can save your life. It could save you from getting seriously ill. It's not going to save you from getting it or getting ill, which is where did we start with vaccinations? Right. Joe Biden said if you get the vaccination, you won't get COVID. Right. I remember hearing, hearing, oh, yeah, hearing I remember that. that. Sure. And that's what and that's what they they say for all these vaccines. It's it's so you don't get it to begin with. Not that you get a lesser version of the measles, you know, or yeah. or, or, or oh, I just had a, a couple days of uh, smallpox. I'm good now. That never happens. <laughs> and that's not the goal. No, you're never told that. Oh, by the way, if, if something goes wrong, hey, it's on you. You can't sue anybody. Good luck. Have at it. Yeah, they'll never change that, by the way, as they want to mandate how important this is you take it. They won't put their money where their mouth is then that way. Never. Yeah. Well, thank Bob Dole for that one. Thank Bob Dole for that one? Yeah, that's from the Bull, Bull Bear Act. All right, we'll wrap it up. More news, more sports. When we get back, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday. From Studio Six B, let's get to Crazy Town here in a second. I just just telling the guys, that wasn't one of the new town. things you're going to start to see. Back to school, you're seeing this now. Clark County Schools um, in Las Vegas introduced a new district-wide grading policy. The lowest grade is now 50%. Grades won't be influenced by attendance, participation, or late assignments. So nothing like lowering the standards. This, yeah. is, this is what you're going to see now catch fire across the country because of uh, well-mandated, you know, mass and lockdowns and just pure child abuse that we're going to try to continue with these school districts going into September, if they're even open, which, which don't assume they're going to be. All right, um, let's do crazy town here. Saki is here to allevi- alleviate confusion. Roll it, G. Okay, um, uh, today uh, we have another great guest joining us in the briefing room, Secretary Cardona, fellow nutmeggers. Yes, Do a little yes. Connecticut plug. Okay. Thank you. Clueless. Give my mask. Would you like to teach more science in school, Mr. Secretary? Want to get in school safely? We can talk about the discussions there. And I'll, I'll be back for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, what, a, what a charmer. 
We're pro-science, just in case there was confusion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, sure uh, 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 that, um, <laughs> and uh, we also know uh, that also as part of the investment is is uh, efforts to reduce the cost of purchasing electric vehicles. So uh, uh, that that show clear initiative uh, and commitment from this this administration to make electric vehicles central to our uh, central to our focus moving forward. The president uh, believes that uh, uh, it is our in our interest uh, uh, because uh, um, a place where uh, so uh, that's his view. Uh, ah. uh, so it's hard to determine uh, what that looks like. This is just the beginning. Sure uh, um, uh, let me just give you a little bit of an update on this. One moment. Uh, that we uh, we provide vaccines to the world uh, without uh, without strings attached. It does not appear to become uh, be, be becoming a democratic message. One of the things the president's going to talk about uh, this afternoon is the fact that we need to address also. Uh, you know, supplies like batteries. Um, we are, of course, in close touch uh, sure. with uh, leaders in, in Congress uh, about uh, the path forward, uh, but our uh, preference is for Congress to move forward. The former president has said uh, he got the vaccine. He said it was people should get it. And if he wants to do that more, then have a party of 700. Uh, good for him. Yeah. That's good. Um, um, uh, um, as it relates to, uh, um, you know, I would also note that um, uh, uh, from uh, we want it to be clear, we don't want it to be conflicting or confusing. Oh. There's a lot of confusion because it feels inconsistent, like and it thing. is. Um, uh, 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 there's there is inconsistency, but we uh, are certainly are uh, are um, cognizant of and focused on. Uh, and that's where we're trying to alleviate confusion. Sure. Thanks so much, everybody. Yeah. See you tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on, gotta alleviate that confusion, baby. There you go. Boy, she's getting clearer by the day. You can spend more time with Joe. You can see it's rubbing off. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. All right, let's do some sports here. Uh, Ten minutes to the hour. And here with that's Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Right, big D. NFL back in action tonight. Tom Benson, Hall of Fame Stadium, Hall of Fame game. Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers just went up 6-3 to three <laughs> over the Cowboys. <laughs> Funny, the spread is two and a half Steelers, too. Yeah. They're up by three. They missed the extra point. And, uh, well, here we are. Cowboys off to a great start. And <laughs> moving along, Major League Baseball. One game just went final. Blue Jays over the Indians. Three zip. Yankees lead the Mariners 5-3 in the bottom of the seventh. Cincinnati Reds trying to hold on 7-4 over the Pirates. Top of the sixth. Also top six Royals over the White Sox 2-1. And uh, top six as well. Twins lead the Astros 4-zip. And in the top of the fifth, Braves and Cards <laughs> tied at two. And this is one. Tokyo, the United States women's team won the Olympic bronze medal with Megan Rapino and Carly Lloyd scoring two goals each in a 4-3 win over Australia in Kashima earlier today. The Americans' World Cup winners in 2019 had gone into the Tokyo Games as heavy favorites for the gold, but after some underwhelming, underwhelming displays were beaten by Canada in the semis. Sweden and Canada meet for the gold medal game on Friday. Only one member of the U.S. women's national team didn't kneel ahead of Thursday his match against Australia, while the rest of our teammates took a knee as part of a symbolic protest one against member. Race. One member, but it gets good. This is who the one member is, Big D. Star forward Carly Lloyd, 39, stood with her hands on her hips ahead of the bronze-winning game as the rest of the U.S. women's national team, 10 starters, and the team's coaches and staff members all knelt on the turf. As fate would have it, Lloyd would go on to score two goals in the game and become the all-time leading scorer in U.S. women's national soccer Olympic history. So the one who stood is the one who leads. Yeah. 
Very good. And uh, tra- last but not least, trademark battle over Cleveland Guardians appears to be ratcheting up. <laughs> Listen to this one, guys. New awesome. website now selling merchandise for Cleveland Roller Derby team. This is da- Dan Deros of 19 News in Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio, the trademark battle over the name Cleveland Guardians has taken another turn with a new website launch selling T-shirts for the Cleveland Ga- Guardians Roller Derby team. A U.S. trademark was applied for by the Roller Derby squad on July 27th, four days after the Cleveland Indians announced it would be changing the name of the ball club to the Guardians in 2022. The trademark application for the team on skates covers bumper stickers, koozies, in the nature of insulating sleeve holders for bottles, cans, jerseys, tank tops, you get it. Again, we reached out to the Bruisers for a comment. We're told we are unable to comment at this time. The Indians could not comment either. However, a search of Ohio's trademark database shows the roller derby team registered as a business in January of 2017 as the Cleveland Guardians. So guess what? They didn't check their records. Now the Indians have to either pay these guys. Yeah. Or what can I outside. say? So you know what they say? Get woke, go broke. Yeah. That's a wrap. All right. Thanks, Rick. Uh, let's do a little more news here before we wrap it up with uh, Mr. Nolan. Anything we haven't covered yet, Mr. Nolan, do you want to cover? Well, North Carolina business owners say they won't implement employee vaccine requirements. Some downtown residents and uh, business owners in North Carolina said they won't be implementing the mandatory vaccines. And uh, this is despite Roy Cooper's prompting them to do so. So it's nice, again, we're seeing some mm-hmm. little more pushback, which, again, is really what you know, we just need more and more of that. So, tell you what, we're not seeing pushback is in New Jersey, as the stupid governor there, dumbass Phil Murphy, he announced mass requirements for kids K through 12 going into September. Just, I mean, just, I don't know. And I mean, and it's going to come to New York too, so I don't know why I'm shaking my head because we're going to be looking at it here, probably straight in the face too, come September because the politicians here are, you know. Hey, I, I heard someone bring this up. How, what do you guys think of this idea? This, this bozo gets uh, impeached, um, and then whatever happens between now and then, and then uh, New York finally w- hopefully wakes up, elects Lee Zeldin, mm. who on day one renames the Cuomo Bridge the Donald J. Trump <laughs> <laughs> You mean the former Tap and Z? I'll just yeah. be happy to Tap and think Z about comes that? back. I, wanna, I, miss, I still call it the Tap. Well, let's call it forty-five, maybe, or, let's, or the D, or the yeah, well, let's, let's. Well, Q seventeen. Oh, <laughs> I'm a nut. I'm a nut. <laughs> Cue the music, G. Hey, what do you hear? A nice little story to end this thing. A firefighter yeah. spots an American flag about to burn during a fierce blaze in an auto body shop, and uh, as this incredible fire was raging, he got in there and got the flag out in the nick of time. Pretty cool. They seen stuff like that happen. Uh, very good. That's also good. Um, you know, the Blasio's called for uh, Cuomo to get out too. Biden has, and now the stupid mayor of New York has. The Blasio. Of New York City has as well. So he says he's too busy, uh, with his sexual misconduct to run the sit, to run the state. That's great. The Blasio's on, on the job now. It really is though. The, the, I don't know. I don't know what parents can do with this, 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 the straight-up child abuse that we're going to see going into September in all of these states, other than Florida and maybe Texas and, uh, I don't know, maybe South Dakota. I can't think of where else we'll see it. Maybe um, Alabama. Or we're not certainly won't see it out of Asa Hutchinson, although they passed the, they passed the, the mass. You can't have mass mandates there, so we'll probably see it there. He wishes to go back and fix it, of course, that idiot, but... 
As always, we salute our military active and active police firefighters, first responders, border patrol. Someone told me to throw them in. I will as well. Uh, Firefighters, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, guys, on the show. Thanks, uh, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, Real America's Voice. Most of all, thank you, the Live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Wrap it up for the week. Enjoy the rest of your night. We'll see you then, 8 p.m. tomorrow night, Live from Studio 6B.